House of Mystery presents Inside Writing, the radio show where authors discuss their writing process in all genres. Welcome back into the House of Mystery, and I'm Al Warren. Today, my co-host is the one and only Brian Turnoff. How are you doing? Doing great, and from now on out, please call me the illustrious, illustrious Brian Turnoff. Clearly, I can't say it, so I'm not that illustrious. Illustrious. <laughs> so what's <laughs> on your mind? Thinking of lust. I'm thinking of cheese, illustrious. Illustrious. That's a new type of cheese. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's another uh, beautiful day. I heard it's Tuesday today. I'm not sure. Um, so what do we got going on today? Jeez. Um, how was that concert you went to, that uh, Beyond... Beyond concert, was it? Didn't some? Didn't you get feed on or something? Uh no, 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 no. I think uh, I think that was our guest Paul who got who got peed on oh. at that concert. <laughs> but my understanding, that's what it said in the article. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. We'll find out. So, uh, joining us, uh, no, he's from the West Coast. We've got a sci-fi writer. He's got a book out called Sunset Distortion and the Pyramid at the End of the World. So, Mr. Paul Bahu, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. And yeah. uh, no, I haven't visited R. Kelly in jail lately. No pee. I'm good. <laughs> oh. Some of that. I'm not touching that one at all. Mr. R. Kelly. Uh, he think he could fly. But um, So, Paul, you've written a book. Um, I have indeed. <laughs> and so, what what brought you to this this world to write a book in sci-fi book? Well, I, sci-fi is my favorite genre. I love science fiction. There's always a lot you can do with it, and there's a lot you can say. Um, I feel like it's just it, in terms of the different uh, genres out there, uh, it's one that's always uh, really appealed to me. Uh, I've been writing since I was young. Uh, I, I won my sixth grade short story contest. So I've been I've been a big fan of just uh, uh, writing since I was young. Uh, I wrote grants for a living for like ten years, really dry, but you know it was uh, still writing. I wrote the politics column for a punk magazine called Smash for about four or five years out here on the West Coast. So uh, yeah, writing something I've just always done. Hmm. Well, what, uh, politics to sci-fi. I was going to say that's a big jump, but maybe not. Um, it, it, they're both. They're both pretty ridiculous so uh you know they're pretty close when you think about it yeah and there's a whole lot of imagination going on into it that's right you know you know uh but that's quite a jump so what but what made you actually go into writing um the book was there a certain thing that happened to you or something that um yeah just... um my band broke up uh, I, I played music for a long time i was in several different bands one of them it did a lot of touring and released a lot of records, and then I had another band after that. And uh, that band, in 2015, uh, three of the members all moved out of state at the same time. And so I was trying to get new people and trying people out, and it just was very frustrating. And I told my wife, like, I need to do something creative that doesn't involve other people because I'm going crazy. And I had this short story I wrote in college, so... You, ten years prior, and uh, I had turned into a comic with a friend, and it never really went anywhere. And I said, you know, this thing is sitting on my on my laptop, just it needing to exist in the real world. 
So I stopped looking for new band members. I stopped writing the next record I was working on, and I was like, I'm going to turn this into a novel. I always wanted to write a novel, and it just seemed like that was the time to do it. So over the course of, like, five years, I worked on that thing, and uh, I put it out this year after years and years and years of, uh, you know, getting it exactly where I wanted it. Wow. I, I, and I guess it's tough, because what, were the last bandmates, were they running from the law, too, or...? <laughs> no, no, one was going to grad school, and one was going to help out her sick sister, and, you know, everyone's got their right reasons, and it wasn't like a Bessie breakup, well, I hate you, you know, da, da, da. like, no, we're all still friends, it just, uh, you know, I guess it just uh, fell apart when it was meant to. Yeah, life goes on. So I see that now you're one of your characters, you know, plays in an 80s hard rock cover band. Correct. And Sunset Strip. Uh, dive bar, I guess. So when you when you do that, so I guess a lot of your life has gone into this as well, kind of. It's just a lot. Yeah. Of so I when I wrote this story, like I said, I was a college student. I wrote it as a short story for career writing class, and I wrote it about kind of like pulled from different people. Uh, but there's a there's a definite type when it comes to being in the world of music and you're playing shows or going to shows and gigging. It's, you know, the middle-aged dude who never gave up, still has the long hair, living the dream, even if they never made it. And so I kind of took that type of character and I fleshed him out and made him a, you know, made him a person for the story. And uh, lo and behold, by the time I actually put the book out, now I'm the middle-aged guy going to shows with the long hair. Um, so, it, you know, I did, when I originally set out to write the story, it definitely wasn't autobiographical, but now that I'm, you know, I'm 39, I'm turning 40 next year, and it's like, yeah, I definitely see more of myself in that character now that I'm, you know, in this position. Hmm. But you got, like, aliens and sci-fi and all this stuff like that. How, how did you come to mix the two? Was it, do you have a fascination with aliens and, and all of that? Uh, yeah, so, I, like I said, I love science fiction. I just, it, the genre is fun to me. I think that you can, there's a, there's a lot more you can do than I think just like, you know, realist type narratives. You can, you can just go crazy with it. And I've always been a big fan of, you know, like Kurt Vonnegut and Douglas Adams and just some of these more fantastical, st weird stories. And, and so just, uh, I wanted to, when I first started writing it, when I first started writing the short story, uh, I was like, well, you know, is everyone going to, you know, when he's talking to his first time, he's like talking to aliens and stuff. He's in space. He's on this uh, missionary ship. They're trying to convert him. Um, he, uh, you know, they, they don't speak English. And I was like, okay, well, how, what's the device for this going to be? Is he going to, you know, are they going to have like, a, like just like a trans translator kind of technology or like the Babelfish and Hitchhiker's Guide? And then I thought, what if everyone in space just spoke English? Like, and then you'd have to, you know, go into the story as to why they all speak English. But I've never seen that before. I wanted to try to uh, kind of get around some of the, you know, uh, sci-fi conventions and, and approach some of these things that we just kind of take for granted in science fiction and, and take it from a new direction. I, I see the category um, that you're in is space opera. So how, how is that, like, what, what is a space opera as far as category-wise? Uh, well, I think space opera because there are a limited amount of uh, categories to choose from. I, I tend to refer to it as humorous sci-fi. 
but it is a space epic. It's a, it's a five-part series. Uh, I'm currently working on book two, hoping to have that done by the end of next year. Um, and it is, it's, it's going to just take laser through this journey, uh, through not just, you know, space and, and, uh, the wider galaxy, but also through, you know, a journey of the self, becoming a better version of you. Um, and really that's kind of what the story is about. It's just that someone trying to become a better version of himself. Mm. Do you, do you have this like pre-mapped? Like when you say it's, you got like five parts or something. Do you kind of know what it's all going to to be and how it kind of goes ahead of time and just sort of put it out? Or do you yes. write? On, yeah, you do. Okay. I have I have like a two page treatment on every installation. Uh, the, who the antagonists are, what the major plot points are, how the story's going to end. Uh, it's already down on paper. So now I'm just kind of fleshing out all those concepts, uh, installment by installment. And, and so the characters, like, have you got them kind of pre, um, pre-thought out? Like, you kind of know who the character is and, and kind of who they are and they're kind of uh, how you want to develop them? Yes. Uh, yeah, like I said, every story, I've already written the villain, what their motivations are, what they're trying to accomplish. And obviously, as you write, um, you, you discover things about the character as you put them in situations. And... Um, so, I mean, there's a character where I'll say, oh, yeah, this is who they are, and this is what they're about. Then as I'm writing the story, developing it, you know, some things might change, motiva- some motivations might change, or some aspects of their personality. So it's definitely not set in stone, but the outline is certainly there. Mm. So your main character, Lazar, who, how would you describe Lazar? Like, who is Lazar? Laser. So, Laser, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's how they say it in Canada. Yeah, yeah, that's how we say it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's French. Um, oh. uh, so, yeah, Laser's his stage name. He's, uh, he's, he's been in a thrash metal band since he was a teenager. And, they were, and, again, if you're into rock music or you've ever been involved in kind of like rock music scene or underground scene, you know, there's, all, all these, there's always a group of bands that will play together. And there's the bands that go to the shows. And it's kind of this community, right? And uh, so he was, one of the, he was one of those bands that was, everyone knew they were going to make it. They were going to be the next big thing, and then they weren't. Uh, but the band just kept going forward and, and playing shows and trying to get there, and they just never reached it. And so Laser now he finds himself in middle age, and he's, he's still playing in a band, which is great, but he's, he's approaching it like he's still in his 20s. And obviously, you know, as you get older, your body doesn't really allow for that. And so he's kind of in this rut and um, he's, you know, when you meet Laser, he's kind of at the lowest point in his life where he just has a, a, an obvious drinking problem, uh, doesn't really have any close friends or family. Uh, he's just kind of going through the motions now of what he thinks he's supposed to do and who he thinks he is. And so when he gets uh, abducted, it's almost like this, uh, you know, he's breaking free from that. It's almost as if he dies and he goes to, you know, the next, the next life, right? So he is now set on this journey where he's going to have to kind of figure out just really who he is and what his purpose is and where he's going. Well, you know, if he would have had him maybe pee on the stage, he, he might have made it. Yeah, right. Uh, it, 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 you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. 
<laughs> you can you can save that for the next one. You know, there's we always steal uh, inspiration from real life. You know, yeah. Uh, so it makes sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, so so when you were answering that question, a lot of that uh, it started off. I was like, oh wow, a lot of that sounds pretty autobiographical. Sounds great. Uh, and then you kind of veered off in some directions with uh, you know alcohol. I was like, okay, I hope some of this isn't so autobiographical. I mean, um, no, <laughs> no. I, 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 uh, my brother and I uh, own our own business. We're it's a recycling company. Uh, I'm happily married. I have two children. I, I don't really drink too much. So no, it, that that part is definitely not. I've I've moved beyond that phase of my life for sure. When you have little tiny humans you're responsible for, you can't get. Oh my! Up, really, you got to be high on the prize at all times. Kids are very creative, and they're always looking for ways to kill themselves. You know. Yeah, yeah. You can only focus on so many things. So, so what was that? So what was that like? Coming back to a short story that you wrote as a, you know, I guess you said you're around 21 years old or in your college years, and then coming back, you know, about a decade later as a, you know, start at the middle age adult, and then trying and fleshing it out over from that perspective, and what was it like, kind of merging those two frame of minds? Uh, well, I felt like, you know, it was almost writing, turning this into a novel. I mean, some of the jokes that I wrote did not age well at all. You know, some of the things you find funny at the age of 22. Uh, Maybe not so much when you're in your late, you know, late 30s. So I, you know, I changed up the humor a little bit. It, it was less of like, it originally had more like a family guy style humor. And I really tried to pull that out and, and make it less, less uh, antagonist jokes that are, you know, based in antagonism or, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And more, something more along the lines of something like, uh, like, uh, like, 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 like a airplane or something, you know, Monty Python, things that are just a little more, uh, uh, I guess family-friendly humor, I'd say, even though some of the jokes are, you know, they, they get kind of violent and gory in places. Highbrow. High, highbrow and lowbrow. So, um, uh, yeah, so I, I, it's, it's the, the tone of the humor changed, the tone of the book changed, um, and uh, I, I feel like I became, I'd become a much better writer from when I was in college to after I, you know, 10 years experience writing uh, political columns and grants and stuff. Um, and just the story got tighter and more interesting. But it was good. I enjoyed the process. I love the process of writing. I, I get a lot of satisfaction from it. You know, to me, from the outside looking in at least, um, based on like some of the settings and the characters, I mean, to me it seems like there might be a heavy influence from um, that 1980s cartoon, Heavy uh, Metal. Is that part of it, or that was an influence in any way? Definitely. Um, I, I, I kind of, like, I'll, I'll tell people, it's like, what's it like? I'll say, it's like heavy metal meets Eon Flux, but uh, directed by Mel Brooks. That's a great description. I, <laughs> uh, and, and, like, so, like, to me, kind of, like, using a lot of visual images, you know, for someone like me, uh, I, and I was talking about this with Al before when we were leading up here, is that I really enjoy sci-fi, like, in a visual platform TV, but I really just don't like reading sci-fi at all, quite frankly. So, I mean, how do you, what do you tell to someone like that? I mean, if you don't like to read books, you don't like to read books. I mean, well, no I big deal. Books. I love history. Oh. <laughs> I never learned to read, but sci-fi doesn't really do it for me yeah. in, in, so. in that platform. I know what you're saying. Uh, this is definitely not hard sci-fi. So, you know, hard sci-fi, it's all about the science and the technology, and this is not that. It's humorous. It's lighter side of. Um, it doesn't take itself too seriously. And uh, I approached the writing like writing a pop song. So I don't know if you guys are like, big into music, but 
writing a pop song, it's it's you know the exact opposite of you know do, writing something like if you're in like Yes or some kind of prog rock band, right? Where you got ten minutes long and you got all the solos and you can be as self indulgent as you want. This book is not that. Everything is as tight as possible. I try to make it as easy to follow as possible. I don't get bogged down in in in, in any kind of uh, I would say like. Uh, um, I don't, like, lose myself in flowery language or anything like that, you know. It's like a Game of Thrones where he'll go on about, you know, fish soup for an entire page. Like, I don't do that. I try to get... <laughs> I try to, you know, if I can, if I write it in a paragraph, can I say it in two sentences? How quickly can I move this story along? Specifically because a lot of people don't read science fiction because it can get just so just complex. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like, it's not homework. This should be fun. So I, I try to make it as an enjoyable experience as possible. So it, 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 when someone picks up the book, takes it home and reads it, um, what do you want them to take away? Uh, well, I, I think that's I, – I try not to ex- over-explain anything. You know, I, I feel like when it comes to fiction in general, you know, there needs to be a little bit for the reader to kind of extrapolate and put their own experience on top of. And you want to give them the room to do that. So, um, obviously, like I stated, it, it's, it's kind of a story of a man just becoming a better version of himself. And not just becoming a better version, but trying to understand what it means to become a better version of yourself. You know, even before you get started on becoming better, you're like, what does that entail? Who, you know, how do I do that? And, and so there, that's definitely one of the running themes in the story. But there are things there that... Uh, should, uh, you know, people can kind of fill in the blanks on. And plus, you know, it's got aliens and explosions and space pirates and brain leeches and all sorts of fun, wacky stuff in there. <laughs> all the fun stuff. Sounds all like the fun Florida. stuff. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, so I just wonder, but um, what's your relationship with your characters that you, that you, that you have? And I, and I ask that because a lot of fiction writers we talk to um, will explain their characters like their family, like their, uh, you know, like their children. Like I hear all these different descriptions. And also how um, a lot of writers hear voices in their head or they see it in pictures. They, they talk about their characters like they're alive. Now, do you have that same relationship or is it something different for you? Well, yeah, I mean, you spend so much time in this creative headspace when you're writing and you have to know your character. You, you have... You, when people say, oh, man, I'm trying to write this book, but it's just so difficult, and I don't know what to do. And my, my answer is just get to know your character better. You should have your character fleshed out to a point where you can just plop them down in any situation or scenario, and then they just do their thing. They are who they are. And so just like a, your best friend or a child or a parent or someone you just know really, really well, that you can imagine them if they were abducted by space aliens, space pirates, and put on this weird galactic journey, oh, yeah, I think they'd react that way. It's the same thing. So you live with these characters. You get to know them. Yeah, in a way, they are your children because you created them. Um, and so that, that relationship is definitely there. Like all, all, Not all my characters, but definitely my main ones all have, you know, someone that I know that inspired the, me to, you know, make this character to a certain degree. Um, did you ever take someone that you really don't like and put them in there and kill them? <laughs> <laughs> I love everybody. 
Al's obviously offering himself as a character for the next one, so that's why yeah. he's throwing yeah. that out there. By all means, you know, take it. Uh, Run so with I, it. There's I a new alien called Hal. Yeah. <laughs> Hal 5000. <laughs> um, no, no, no. Actually, none of my. I, I try not to hate any of my characters. Every single character in my story uh, and in the sequel beyond. Um, they all have reasons for doing what they do. No one exists for pure evil. No one does what they do because they desire power. There, there are, there are reasons behind their actions that, to them, are reasonable. And it's, it's kind of like you know, uh, the spider and the fly, right? If a, uh, you know, spider and a fly, the fly, it's total chaos. But to the spider, it's a Tuesday, right? Uh, it's the same kind of thing where every single character. Um, they, they, they're not just pure evil and that's what they do. It's no, there's, there, there's something they want and there's a way that they're trying to get it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, I, I wonder too, also, you being a musician and being into the music and stuff, um, you kind of express and share a lot of your own feelings and thoughts in your songs, I'd imagine and kind of expose some of that to, to the audience. And Do you find the same thing with books? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the band I had before I started writing, uh, the band was called The Infamous Day, and it was the first album that I, I ever wrote entirely by myself. And, and I co-produced it with a friend of mine, and we put it out, and, uh, and so I, had, you know, I was kind of in that creative headspace when I started uh, writing this book. And, um, yeah, it just, uh, it definitely comes out. I mean, some of my opinions on topics are espoused by different characters. Um, there's a lot of banter that happens in, these, in this story. And, you know, uh, Laser, he, short, you know, about a couple chapters in, he befriends this, uh, he, he, he befriends this character. His name is Streak. He's a floating octopus creature uh, who is an accountant on the pirate ship that abducted him, and uh, he was, uh, yeah, they have a whole thing about walking the plank, and yeah, it's a little, it's a, it's a cute, but a little graphic. Anyways, he has, uh, he's, he's, he's this English, he has like an English accent because of, you know, uh, uh, copyrights in, in, the, in the wider uh, galaxy, and, um, and so they have a lot of banter, they go back and forth about music a lot, and so some of my opinions on the, how good some bands are, or how bad other ones are, they'll definitely touch on that in their conversations. Hmm. Now, are each, will, will each book stand alone, or do you have to kind of go through them all when you're finished these? Uh, you, you're going to need to start from the beginning. The second book picks off and picks up immediately where the first book uh, ends. And it, each story will have a clear beginning and a clear end, but they daisy chain together to form a wider narrative. Right. Okay, that's important. It's important. So, what do you what do you think the biggest challenge was for getting you to get this book out? Just doing it all myself. Um, you know, I run a business, and that's not necessarily a part time job. You know, and then I got kids at home, so it's just finding the time to do it. And I, I tend to write after everyone goes to sleep. You know, put my daughter to bed, my son's sleep, and then I'll crack open my laptop and I'll write. And, uh, you know, try to get as much in as I can. I mean, that's really the main thing is um, making sure I give myself those pockets of time to be creative and to work on it because I love it. It's awesome. So since this is your debut, debut novel, I mean, 
Tell us what that like emotional roller coaster was like after picking it back up and then thinking, oh, no, I'm turning this into a real book and then actually getting it to where you wanted it to be. Uh, it was a good roller coaster. I really, you know, our just life, living, dealing with bills and other people and all sorts of stuff, the, you know, mundane things we have, our brains just get so cluttered with just all this information and junk. And when I sit down and I get a chance to write, you just clear the cobwebs, you sweep it out, you give your, you know, your brain your, the ability to kind of uh, do something different. And uh, so the roller coaster was, when I'm writing, it's, 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 it's all the good part of the roller coaster. You know what I mean? It, it's, uh, it's enjoyable. It makes uh, the rest of uh, life a little bit easier, a little more easier to manage because you're able to just kind of cast it off, uh, all the different stuff that you're just carrying on. You know what I mean? And uh, maybe some of the thoughts and feelings that you have, you know, you're able to express those in a way that you can share with other people, you know, and not just, you know, honking your horn and screaming at them on the, on the freeway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So with all of the uh, tension and weird stuff with COVID and all the things going on in the last few years, does that affect your um, writing or your creativity at a certain point? I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. COVID's been chaos, man. Yeah, people have been squirrely and losing their minds. And uh, that's why it's even more important to have an outlet, something, some, something creative. I don't care if you're playing music or cross-stitching. You need something to get that tension out. And, um, yeah, definitely being able to write has been very therapeutic. Uh, just being able to get whatever kind of things are bothering you or worrying you uh, out in a healthy manner. Um, and, you know, in a way that not only, you know, helps you, but you could create something tangible that someone else can enjoy. Right. Do you, do you, are you able to just sit down and write? Like, can you just say, okay, well, I can write tonight 8 to 11 because everyone's in bed and do whatever. Can you just sit down and write on demand, so to speak, or do you have to be in a certain mood? Oh, I, it's, I, it's kind of like a uh, chicken versus chicken or the egg kind of question, right? I mean, some people, they will, you have to kind of have this inspiration to go and sit down and write. Me, I like to go and sit down at my computer, I'll crack it open, and then just see what comes out. Um, I liken it to uh, if you're a surfer, you go to the beach, right? You're not, you're not going to catch a wave if you don't go to the beach, right? So you got to go to the beach. And sometimes you catch that wave and sometimes you don't. Sometimes you write a lot. Sometimes you end up just picking around at the same couple of sentences. And, um, you, you know, you, I, I've never met a writer that just knocks it out every single time they sit down. Uh, you know, everyone has their process. But you just kind of have to just regularly just go to it. And, and work at it, and sometimes you're going to get a lot, sometimes you won't, but uh, you're not going to go anywhere if you don't sit down and, and try to write. Hmm. So now, do you like to interact with your fans or listeners and stuff like that, um, and, and how do you like to do that? Is that like Facebook or a website, or where do you like people to come find you? Yeah, so I, I, I have a website that's under construction right now. It's called paulbahuwrites.com. Um, I have uh, a Facebook it's uh, facebook.com forward slash Paul Bahu writes. You can reach, reach me there. Uh, I'm kind of a one-man band right now. And like I said, between, between my company and my kids, I just work on this in the spaces between. I'm hoping to have the website open the next, you know, six weeks or so, hopefully by the end of the year. And, yeah, so right now you can find me on the Facebook page. You can find my, my book on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. 
And, uh, yeah, hit me up on Facebook. Say hi. I'll say hi back. We'll talk about whatever. Well, fantastic. We'll have that up on our website as well, so people listening can do one click, and they'll find you, and they'll hunt you down. Heck, yeah. And That's right. Tell you, tell you, maybe give you some ideas, you know. Do you have, yeah. do you have any favorite authors that you like to read, or...? I, uh, uh, like I mentioned before, like, I, I love, uh, I love Kurt Vonnegut. I think Kurt Vonnegut is probably my favorite author of all time. I, I, I really like how he can balance something very serious and something just fantastically ridiculous. Mm. At the same time, you know, like, uh, Slaughterhouse Five is probably my favorite book. Um, you know, it's like, is it about the bombing of Dresden or is it about, uh, you know, space aliens that, you know, experience time differently than we do. And, um, you know, that's what I think the cool thing about science fiction is, is that you can have a very serious subject, but you can kind of wrap it up in, in, in something that's kind of ridiculous. And so you can get your point across in a way that isn't just, you know, soul-crushingly depressing. <laughs> Which you know, <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I, for me, I don't, I don't like you know, I mean, you know, stuff like the road, like oh god, kill me now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, I, I, I need something a little lighthearted. Give, give me some sugar with the medicine, and uh, I, I really enjoy writers who can do that. Um, like Sam and Rushdie's Midnight Children is another one. I really like that. You know, it's got these these kids, and they they all have these various superpowers, even though they're in like you know. Uh, co- you know, post-colonial India and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, if you have a serious topic, give you something really weird to go along with it so I can, uh, you know, not want to go kill myself after reading it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I get that. Well, You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like my books. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. And now the book we're talking about is Sunset Distortion, The Pyramid at the End of the World, and our guest is the author, Paul Bahu. Thank you for being here. Hey, and thank you for pronouncing my, my last name better than pretty much everyone else I've uh, had the pleasure of going on their podcast. So. <laughs> to find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. The end! By George, he's got it! It is the end! I'll tell you! If you're lying to me, I'll be back. This has been a production of Something Wave Media.